Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey guys, Brian Davis and Denny Suplee here from Spark Rental. Excited to be with you all. Denny, how are you doing today? I am good. It's snowing here in Pennsylvania. Boo. Oh, well, that's that's uh, very festive. Today, finding a competitive advantage as a real estate investor, because you need one. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if you're just out there trying to do the exact same thing that everyone else is doing, you're going to struggle. But there are some ways that you can compete and have an advantage over your, your competition. So there's a couple ways of having competitive advantages and a couple different types of competitive advantages. Mm-hmm. Let's talk first about very niched down investment strategies, you know, doing investment strategies that the average real estate investor is just not doing. So Denny, walk us through a couple niche investing strategies that people might consider. Well, there's flipping raw land, which we do. It's not as hands-on and there's not as much work needed, but there is risk. Um, Probate investing, I have always wanted to try that, but I haven't um, for several reasons. But I know a lot of people who do do that and they do very well. Um, yeah, and we, corp- we had a, oh, um, a podcast guest on earlier this year, Sharon Von Holt, yeah. uh, talking about this specialization of hers uh, and how very few people do this. Um, but she talked about some tips uh, in that strategy of probate investing and how there will be infinitely more possibilities uh, in that field, in that investment strategy, as baby boomers start dying off, right? She talked about the silver tsunami um, and and how baby boom, the baby boom generation owns a massive amount of property in the US uh, and worldwide, of course, uh, but they, they will start dying off at a certain point here. Uh, and there will be a massive wealth transfer. Um, a lot of those people will die and leave properties without uh, either clear heirs or with heirs who are not interested in those properties. And they just want to sell them quickly and painlessly, uh, right. regardless of, of price. Actually crazy to see as many as there are of, of that kind of situation, to be honest. You know, I always thought that if somebody passed away and they had a house, everybody would be fighting over it and they would want it or whatever. But not it's necessarily. Actually, yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, you know, properties, real estate can be a, a headache, right? Um, it's it's illiquid. Uh, it comes with a lot of maintenance requirements, and if you're not actively managing it and staying on top of it, it it loses money. It's a money pit. Mm-hmm. So. You know, a lot of heirs, you know, a lot of adult children of parents who die with properties, they just want the money, right? Like they, they and they want it yesterday. <laughs> they don't want to wait six months to go through a lengthy probate process and hiring a realtor and trying to get top dollar and negotiating with buyers and all that stuff. They just want someone to write them a check, <laughs> and they're willing to take a, a haircut on the uh, on the, the sales price 
in exchange for a very fast check-in. Quick hand. and easy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's another niche real estate investing strategy that can be very successful. Anyway, Danny, I didn't mean to interrupt. Please keep going. Oh no. And then there's uh, corporate rentals, short-term, mid-term rentals. Yeah. Right. That has grown considerably, and I think it's a, a great way to invest. Al Williamson is one of the top experts as far as I'm concerned, and um, I have learned a lot from him. And yeah, I think that's a, a good way. It's, it's even a good way, like, if you want to buy like a vacation property for your family, but you're not going to be up there all the time, but you can still bring in income while you're not using it. So you get the best of both worlds. So there's so, so many ways you can use corporate rentals to increase your wealth and increase your portfolio and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, he does a lot of like medium term rentals to employers, like, uh, you know, traveling so travel nurses, nurses, for example, mm-hmm. is like, that's the classic one. Um, I actually used to date a travel nurse for a while. We, we spent a couple of years bouncing around the country together. It was fun. But <laughs> Uh, so the 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 tenant is technically the employer, so you have guaranteed rent basically. I mean, the, you know, the the staffing agency is paying you the rent, and the travel nurse or or you know whatever the the corporate uh, you know occupant is, uh, they're not actually the ones paying you the rent. So you don't have to worry about chasing after tenants. It's a it's a company that that's paying for the rent, and they pay a premium for furnished upscale housing. Um, I mean, when, when my ex-girlfriend Sherry and I traveled around the country, yeah, we would spend three months here, three months there, staying at nice places, all furnished. Uh, and it was her staffing agency that, that paid the rent on those. So, uh, and he actually, you know, he, he's also really good at teaching um, arbitrage, rental arbitrage, where you don't actually have to buy the property. You just sign a long-term lease and then you furnish it and decorate it and rent it out at a, a strong premium to staffing agencies and other corporate tenants. Which is uh, when he was teaching that and he was talking about that, I was blown away, to be honest with you, because I didn't think that would even be a possibility. So, All right. Other niche real estate investments. Well, good old flipping. (laughs) Um, I think most of us who maybe have gotten involved in real estate investing have tried, you know, or some way, shape or form was in flipping. What were you going to say? Well, so flipping in itself is not a niche, but so I've, we've talked to people though, who have very niche flipping strategies. So for example, we had a guy on the show, John Riedel, who flipped rental properties to hedge funds. And Mm. that was his, that was his strategy. And almost no one else is doing that. Right. So he would buy these, these rental properties, get them performing with strong cash flow, And then he would flip them to a hedge fund looking to own a diverse portfolio of single family rental properties right. uh, or small multifamily properties. So, you know, he, that's a, that's a niche. And he developed that niche by building a huge network of these hedge funds. Right. Um, and it took time and it took effort, but now, you know, he buys properties at a discount, renovates them, rents them out, and then makes a single phone call to these, uh, you know, these, these hedge funds, or maybe a couple phone calls, you know, to a couple different hedge funds and they buy it. And it's that simple and he doesn't have to pay a realtor fee. And, you know, it's, it's huge profit margins 
with a very easy sale at the other end because he built out that network up front of, of hedge fund buyers. And then there's buying mobile homes, which for whatever reason excites me lately. I'm, we've been you know, looking at, at many through the club and um, you can either you know, buy it with the land or you can just rent them out without the land. Um, we had Adrian Smooth was her name. She was the one that he, bought his name. He, <laughs> sorry. Um, and then Rachel Hernandez is the one who does without. But um, there's a lot, I believe there's a lot of money to be made with mobile homes, especially um, lately, uh, just because of the way the market is, rents are up you know, the whole nine yards, you know, different investors go into different niches with that. Like you said, Adrian Smood, you know, he specializes in mm. buying and renovating mobile homes that come on a plot of land already. And he doesn't mess around with moving the mobile homes. Cause that is, that can be expensive. Um, Rachel Hernandez, she takes a different approach. She buys just the mobile home itself. You know, she'll buy a, a dilapidated, outdated mobile home. She'll renovate it and make it a, a nice, beautiful home. And then she will, move that, you know, she'll find a renter and a, a park where the renter wants to live or a plot of land that the renter has, uh, and will provide them with that, that home in the location of their choice. Um, but yeah, so she's built an entire niche around that. Uh, but there's a lot of different niches you can go in with, with mobile home investing beyond just going out and buying mobile home parks. So, uh, cause mobile home parks can be expensive, right? And we've had both of them on the show. Uh, if you want to look up those past episodes, uh, to hear about their strategies and, and you know how they have built a, a niche strategy around that. Absolutely. So Denny, another competitive advantage that you can have is if you become an absolute expert in one narrow geographical area. So, you know, one neighborhood, for example, or one cluster of neighborhoods in, in one town or one city, and you know everything about that area, uh, you can sometimes turn that into a competitive advantage. So Denny, tell us more about that. First, you're going to know the ins and outs of what you can do and can't do legally, uh, zoning wise and all of that stuff, which is important because you don't want problems with, you know, any of that stuff. Just knowing the area, you're, you're going to know um, what comes up. I don't like to use the word gossip, but you'll hear the gossip. You'll know if maybe somebody passed recently and there's a, a house sitting or if somebody was foreclosed on or just all kinds of things that you can learn. Knowing a location and, and focusing on one can be quite helpful um, for so many reasons. For instance, I'm going to uh, use an example, Philadelphia, which is not far from me, um, there are many different sections in Philly. Oh, sure. So Any major you, city, yeah. Right. So you might um, invest in, in one over here and think that if you go down two blocks or three blocks, that that would be the same general area. Kind, and it's not. It's yeah. not at all. And Baltimore's I know the same some, way. See? Yeah, it's block by block. And it took, I, I learned, somebody I know, gotten a whole thing with that because the literally it was like two streets over and they bought a house they were going to rent it and it it ended up being like totally gang and drug infested yeah so they couldn't do either and they ended up having to sell it at a loss just about yeah so, I mean, yeah, so to your to your point about 
um, you know, having your pulse on, you know, what's going on in the neighborhood, you know, some investors build out a network uh, of, of like bird dogs uh, in, in that neighborhood. So these are people who uh, refer you leads and, and deals on, on real estate, on properties. Um, and that is a competitive advantage. I mean, if you, if you know every bartender and every, you know, hairstylist and every barista and every mailman in that neighborhood, you're going, like you said, you're going to hear the, the scuttlebutt, the gossip, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the, the word on the street very quickly, uh, about potential opportunities to buy properties at a deep discount. And postmen or women post, they, they have, they have info. Like I'll even, I'm a realtor and I'll show somebody a home and they're like on the fence about the area. And I said, drive around when the postman is there and see if you can like chalk up a conversation because you will learn. You'll learn. Oh yeah. Postal delivery people. I mean, they, they know which properties are vacant. Of course, you know, they know which properties are abandoned or where the owner is neglecting them. Uh, and those are, I mean, this is why people go driving for dollars, right? You know, they're trying Mm -hmm. to find that a single conversation with a a postal worker, uh, you know, or a relationship with them where, where you pay them 500 bucks for every successful lead that they send your way. Uh, you know, you're going to find out about those before anyone else does. And again, that's a competitive advantage, building out that hyper local network of people who can turn you on to deals and leads before anyone else gets a hold of them. Um, You want to, again, to go back to, you know, it's much easier for, especially newbies, if you're going to invest to make sure it is a landlord friendly state. Um, or location, because some locations can vary from state. Um, because if you go into one that's more tenant friendly, it becomes a bit challenging. Um, oh, yeah. Especially if you get a professional tenant. And you have yeah, I, I learned that the hard way in more city. Super tenant friendly jurisdiction. Uh, and I'll, I'll never invest there again um, because of that. Well, for other reasons too, but but partially because of that. Right, right. And oh my goodness, I had one incident of, and it was in Philadelphia and it was a professional tenant and it took us, we ended up having to offer cash for keys and it took us a year and a half to get her out. And it was a nightmare, total nightmare. And I learned from that. That was, that was it. Um, But if you also want to know, there's like even um, Long Island, New York, they're all because with the Airbnb and the short-term rentals and stuff like that, they decided they're going to impose. Some of them have fees, taxes, registrations, stuff. Or just ban and, them entirely. Or, yeah. or that. So, um, and if you don't realize that and say you're, you're figuring out how much you're going to rent them out, and then all of a sudden you realize you have this tax that you have to pay for all this, that's, you know, biting into your your bottom line. So... It's very important to know all that. No question. And if you are really tied in hyper locally to that neighborhood or that area, you'll also know about new construction coming online, mm-hmm. you know, either for the good or for the bad, right? I mean, you know, it, it might be competing housing supply, you know, to the bad, or they might be putting in a new Whole Foods and Starbucks and, you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff that people want to be close to, uh, which will theoretically raise property values in the neighborhood. So, you know, you'll be tied into that if you have that competitive advantage of a very 
deep and wide network in that specific area. So one again, other the, the, oh. no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Cause I was going to, I was going to switch gears. Oh, well, just real quick. You want to make sure too. schools are important. Um, I mm -hmm. know when I'm showing families homes, that's a super important um, piece. So you want to make yeah. sure that as well. Well, yeah. And again, that's not necessarily just as simple as checking the local school districts. You know, you really, you need to be tied in with what's going on in that area. And I'll give you a quick example. My sister and her husband bought a house specifically in an area that has good schools. So it's a, it's a very modest house, but it's in a great school district. And that's, that's why they paid a premium for this house, mm. you know, which again is, is, you know, they could have gotten more house somewhere else, but they chose this more modest house that happens to be in a, in a stellar school district and their county is trying to redraw the school districting lines in that area that would put their kids in a worse school district. Oh, but that's my not, goodness. that's not finalized yet. Um, but you would, if you wouldn't want to invest in a property there specifically because of the schools, um, if you, you know, knowing that the county is trying to redistrict it, right? Uh, so wow. again, just looking at a map or, you know, if you were an out-of-state investor, just looking at, oh, like, you know, what, what schools does this property, you know, what school zone does it fall in? You wouldn't know that. Again, it, it helps to be super tied in to that specific area. Uh, and that is a competitive advantage. Big uh, time. So switching gears, another competitive advantage, another type of competitive advantage you can have as a real estate investor is having a deep financing toolkit. So having lots of different options at your disposal for financing properties. So that, that could mean having relationships with a lot of different portfolio lenders and hard money lenders. That helps. Uh, that's a good starting point. You should be yeah. building relationships with portfolio lenders and hard money lenders. Uh, that's sort of 101 stuff, like financing 101 stuff. You know, more advanced, you should be building out your own network of private investors, people who you know personally, who invest privately with you. You know, this could be family members, could be friends, could be colleagues, neighbors, you know, whatever. Uh, but building out those people who are willing to lend you money privately for your real estate investments, these tend to be the most flexible type of, of financing. And right. even though the interest rates can be somewhat high, they typically come with no or low fees. So you save money on that side. Um, and again, the flexibility and the speed that you can borrow from those people tends to be a lot better. Um, you also, it helps to have lines of credit that you can draw on as needed for down payments, for renovations, you know, for flex funding and, you know, just carrying you over as bridge funding until you can sell a property or refinance it as a, as a burr deal. Um, or even if you find something, you know, and driving for dollars or whatever, you find a house and the, the price is like amazing and you can tap into something like that to just, you know, get it, have that competitive edge. Yeah. So, you know, as you are trying to build out your network of hard money lenders and portfolio lenders, check out the loans page at sparkrental.com. We have a, a ton of different lenders there listed. Uh, you can you can compare their pricing and compare their loan terms there. Uh, and of course, reach out to them uh, to start building a relationship. Also, uh, check out the rotating business credit uh, section on that page. There is a, a company, it's a, it's a credit concierge company that helps real estate investors open unsecured business lines of credit 
to invest in real estate with. So unsecured, you know, it's not tied to a specific property. Uh, as a real estate investor, you do qualify for business credit lines and, and credit cards that you can use flexibly. Uh, and the other thing that you should do as a real estate investor is learn creative financing techniques. You know, things like learning how to negotiate seller financing, learning how to uh, structure things like wraparound mortgages. Uh, you know, these are all the kinds of things that you should know how to do as an investor. And the more options you have in that that financing toolkit, if you will, as a real estate investor, the more deals that you will be able to take down that your competing investors will not be able to take down those deals. You know, if you have those great relationships with hard money lenders, you can potentially have them close a, a loan for you in less than a week. And I, I say that from personal experience. I used to work for a hard money lender. We once closed a loan for somebody in three days because the, the property was going to foreclosure on day four. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, most, most investors would not be able to take down that deal. They, they, there's just was, there wasn't enough time for the average investor to be able to do that. This investor happened to be someone that we had a relationship with who we already knew, liked, trusted, um, already had all their, their credit information on file and all their, their financials on file. So we were able to move really fast to close that loan. Uh, and, but that investor was only, be able, only able to do that because he had a relationship with us already. So, you know, these are the kinds of competitive advantage that you can get out of having a, a great financing toolkit at your disposal. Uh, and, you know, if you have those, those lines of credit available to you as well, you can also take down deals much faster than the average person can. Um, and, you know, potentially take down deals that l regular lenders are afraid to touch. But if right. you have that line of credit you can draw on, you don't have to worry about, you know, the investor or the, the lender underwriting that loan and getting spooked by something that's maybe unique about that particular property. So that can be a competitive advantage as well, that having all of those different options at your disposal for financing. And if you want one other way, you can also join a great club where you can learn from others and invest with others and you're only investing as little as like 5000 and you don't have to deal with tenants, repairs, evictions from somebody who had to deal with that for most of their life. You and me both. <laughs> Serious. Um, I, I think that um, co-investing is a definite good option, um, relatively new for a lot of people. So... Um, Go ahead, Brian. You can finish because I'm losing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So there is a competitive advantage uh, in investing as part of a community where you get to leverage not only that community's knowledge and skill, but also the collective investing power of that community. So like you said, Denny, so we, we run a, uh, a, a investment club for passive real estate investments called our, our co-investing club. And we were able to get preferential returns, a higher profit split and higher uh, preferred return on a deal that we recently did because we were all investing collectively as a club. You know, individual club members were investing five grand a piece, 10 grand a piece. Uh, but we were able to get those better returns because we passed that $500,000 threshold collectively as a community. Uh, so we got a higher higher pref, a higher, you know, preferred return, a higher profit split upon sale of the property. Uh, because 
it was a, a collective investment. So right. uh, that is the competitive advantage in itself when you invest as part of a community. Uh, and you get to invest passively and just write a check instead of having to do all the work, <laughs> so, which is great. Uh, as, as an expat living overseas and who travels you know, with my family, I don't have any interest or time to mess around with direct properties anymore, tenants, you know, repairs, any of that stuff. Uh, and I don't have to <laughs> because I just invest as part of a, a passive real estate investing club. Right. It, it is. It's, this is the first time in my life I'm not even managing one property. <laughs> well, amen. Uh, Denny, <laughs> any, any final thoughts before we call this episode complete? No, just, uh, yeah. Look for ways to keep your competitive edge up and look for opportunities. Well, if you guys enjoy these conversations that we have, please rate and review the podcast. It makes a, a huge difference to us. Only takes you 20 seconds. So that would be make the world of difference to us. We appreciate it. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Keep us posted about any topic requests you have. We're happy to hear you out. Support at sparkrunnel.com. This show's about you, not about us. So Absolutely. we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.